Hello, and a very warm welcome to the Excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. This program is all about helping you thrive in some of the most challenging coaching situations. Our aim is to support you in bringing your coaching to the next level, whether you're new to coaching or you're already an expert professional. Welcome to the Excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Birus, and today I have the great pleasure of interviewing Marilyn O'Hearn. Marilyn, welcome. Thank you, Katrina. Tell us a little bit about your coaching career and what distinguishes you from other coaches. I fell in love with coaching in 1998. I have postgraduate training in systems theory, so I first read about it in a systems journal and went to a meeting to discover more and just fell in love. So my background is social sciences, cultural anthropology, sociology, psychology. And I went through the training, got my MCC, my master certified coach, like you. And I have been training and mentoring other coaches since 2003. And then doing executive and leadership coaching globally, including with United Nations leaders. I'm a member of the International Coach Federation as well as the Asia Pacific Alliance of Coaches, and I'll be speaking at their conference next week in Bangkok on wisdom. Great. And so tell us a little bit what distinguishes you from other coaches. You are highly qualified. You're a master certified coach from the International Coach Federation. But how do you position yourself differently from other coaches? I consider myself to be a culturally intelligent coach. So that is being able to be aware of my own culture, my clients' culture, including individually and the system, and how that impacts their reaching their goals, their vision, living out their purpose. So how that influences our work together. Tell us a little bit how you define culture. Culture meaning what's in common for a group of people, usually values and beliefs. And so that can be both nationally or regionally, but it can also be a certain group like the sexual orientation or, you know, men as a culture, women as a culture. So looking at different cultural identities, male, female, different ages, how that impacts us as we show up in the world, as we work. And you also wrote a book that's called Breaking Free from Bias. Tell us a little bit about that book and uh, how it's influenced your, your approach in coaching. Well, I have been committed to this cultural intelligence and bias is one piece of that. And something that I have been doing a, a deep dive in, in terms of my research and my work and then ending up with this book uh, for the past several years. And the idea is that we all have bias both in favor of and against different individuals and groups. And that can be on a conscious level and an unconscious level. So we all have it. 
And when it shows up in the workplace, it can be very costly. So the idea of the book is to prevent costly complaints, conflict, and talent loss. Just today, I had a client say uh, that they were looking into a department of this multinational, multicultural environment, but there were still pockets of bias and uh, that were could be and come to complaints, yes, and discrimination. Yes. And I have some research from a Forbes article that says 60 to 80 percent of all difficulties in organizations come from strained relationships among employees. And so some of that is fueled by bias. So identifying and implementing some steps to manage the bias is going to not only save the organization money, but it's going to help the individuals and the organization reach its full potential, which is what we're about as coaches, right? Absolutely. Partnering with people and organizations to reach their full potential. And this is a very valuable book that you're writing. And tell us a little bit about the book and what brought you to writing it. I have dedicated the book to my parents and my two children and two our creator, and to future generations. So hopefully future generations, maybe this won't be as big of a deal that we will have more of a handle on it. But my parents were a big influence in how we looked at people with different cultural identities and kind of groundbreaking for their era in that regard. And because I do work with leaders and teams and executives and organizations Again, I really felt called on a spiritual level to make a difference in this area, to partner with my clients and with organizations to make a difference in this area. And again, so that they will be reaching their their full potential and the bottom line. I like the quadruple bottom line idea. So that's people, planet, profit, and purpose. The purpose is the future orientation. So I'm not going to just do something that's going to make an impact for the next year or three years or five years, but long term. Well, I think you'll have plenty of uh, need for your know-how because uh, the world is becoming more and more global. It is. So tell us a little bit more about the four Ps, the people, the planet, the profit, the purpose. Yes, well, we know about profit (laughs) and then planet that we're making decisions organizationally that are going to be beneficial for the planet, for the people, that's the people that are employed within the organization, as well as the people that they're serving. And then again, with that future purpose in mind, And that includes future generations, so not this short-term, whatever we can do to make a profit, but also how is that impacting people, the planet, and future generations? The purpose is the future generations. So how does this fit with our long-term purpose, the impact for the future? And how do you use this in your coaching programs? Looking at the quadruple bottom line. Yes, and also uh, breaking free from bias. We would love a most interesting 
And I would love to know a little bit more, and I'm sure the listeners as well, is how is you apply this to a coaching program? Well, as you can imagine, in coaching, you know the 11 core competencies and how important it is to establish this partnership and a clear agreement with the people that we're working with. Well, if we're going in with unknown biases towards certain groups of people and our clients are within that group, then that can create a problem in even our contracting and having this clear agreement and partnership. And it can affect how we show up, how present we are. If, you know, our brain has slotted someone into a category, like our brains slot people into categories of like or dislike or safe or unsafe uh, without our knowing it. That is what unconscious bias is about. So I work with people, one of the, the ways, several ways of identifying bias is to bridge that gap between the unconscious and the conscious by inviting people to do some centering. So that actually moves the blood flow from the amygdala, where uh, that primitive part of our brain, into the neocortex, which is our consciousness, so that we can get a clearer picture of how we're responding to someone And then notice, are there some assumptions or bias I might have towards this person or this group of people that I need to clear up in order to have a positive partnership and and working um, agreement with them? And it's not only bias against other people, but I've noticed when I do coaching, I ask people about how do they identify culturally and how is that impacting them now? And people will grow up with certain biases that are against themselves. So I've had women who, who grew up with this bias that women should kind of be in the background and men should be in the forefront. And then as they're being promoted within an organization, They're told you need to be speaking up more and they have to overcome that bias that they grew up with, that women should be in the background and not in the forefront. That's one example. Very useful for a lot of women. Do you have other examples? This is how you help this woman to uh, take the space to be more expressive, to speak up more, as you say. Otherwise, you know, people are seen as not being contributors. And sometimes that can show up, you know, in a, in a cultural difference so that we might have someone, let's say, from Korea, and they have been taught to show, you know, respect to people who are older than they are and to not speak up until the, the older people have already spoken, and it's considered rude or inappropriate to interrupt. And so let's place them now in a U.S. organization or Swiss organization, and they haven't had you know much contact with that culture before. So they're waiting for everyone else to finish before they speak, 
And the other people in the meeting are wondering why they aren't speaking up enough. So, it, you know, it can go both ways, just that, you know, I've got this bias. This group of people are non-contributors because they don't speak up in meetings. And the other group is thinking these people are rude because they're interrupting each other all the time. Now, Marilyn, you're absolutely right. And in working in a multicultural environment, very much, I, I can think of a, an example I had when I worked with Nestle that was Chinese, and the Nestle is Swiss, but multinational. Yes. And yes. Uh, this Chinese person had all the possibility to move up in, the, in their company, in this company. But they said, a big boss said, look, on the condition that he positions himself and he speaks up, because nevertheless, this is a European culture, and we see leadership as being more assertive, uh, saying what you think and taking position. And of course, he, exactly what you said, that it was extremely rude to interrupt. And he had to really work on himself to be able to take the space, as I call it. So very valuable work you're doing. Yes, thank you. I want to ask you also, because it's how do you link, or is it totally linked? Uh, you say free from bias, and also how do you link that to intercultural coaching? Well, again, bias is one piece of intercultural coaching. So intercultural awareness, intercultural intelligence is being aware of your own culture and other people's and how that's impacting different situations. And the bias is part of that. So understanding that we all have bias, just that's how our brains work. We have so much information coming in, Katrina, like millions of bits of information per moment, and our brains can only process 40 bits of information per moment. And so the rest of it just gets slotted. It goes into these different information slots, and we're not aware of it unless we do something to pause, like the, the centering to move from our unconscious to our conscious. Or there's this Harvard implicit bias awareness tests that are free. You can do online. There's 13 different ones. So that's another way to become more aware. And then there's things within organizations, different methods to become more aware of what's going on in terms of bias within that particular organization and how to manage that in terms of hiring practices. Some organizations are taking the names off of resumes when they're looking at resumes and other cultural identifiers like which university the person attended. So these are some examples of how to become more aware, how it's impacting the workplace. Again, adding to you know, or fueling the conflict in, in the organization, the complaints, and the talent loss, which is huge right now. So the, the research has shown that organizations that have greater diversity, different genders, different ethnicities, different ages, can be up to 35% more profitable, and talent retention goes up by 12% when they have understood bias and put effective diversity practices into place. Very, very interesting. I'm sure our listeners would love to know the title of your book and where they can get hold of it. 
Yes, the title is Breaking Free from Bias. If you go to my website, MarilynOH.com, and then forward slash breaking dash free dash from dash bias, there is an order the ebook and order the print book. And when you click on order the ebook, it takes you to books to read and it's available at Kindle, Kobo, Amazon, Apple. So many different distributors, Google Play, Scribd, and then the print book is also available. So Marilyn, you need to spell out your name, Marilyn O'Hearn. Yes. It's Marilyn, M-A-R-I-L-Y-N, O'Hearn, O apostrophe H-E-A-R-N-E. And again, my website is MarilynOH.com. Okay, MarilynOH.com. I encourage all our listeners to go and read that. It's very uh, new thinking, and uh, as you know, that Marilyn has a lot of experience in sociology, psychology, and also how the brain works. I'm sure I'll learn a lot, and I'm sure our listeners will too. Thank you very, very much, Marilyn, for your time and for sharing your knowledge. I really appreciate and uh, hope to have you again soon. Thank you so much, Katrina. Bye-bye. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program. You can subscribe to all future podcasts at excellentexecutivecoaching.com and sign up for monthly newsletters featuring all the latest tips and techniques to bring your coaching to the next level. Join us again soon. And until then, bye for now.